Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun on a Tuesday. Yeah, on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. I love this Christmas party. I love giving you a podcast conversation every day. It's day six of our 2021 Christmas party. We're halfway through the 12 days in a row of Christmas episodes. Just imagine we're all like mingling at a little get together, taken in the beautiful decor and pausing to have a chat with some new friends here and there. If you missed the first five days, be sure to go back and listen. Y'all are loving yesterday's episode with Nate Bargatze. Me too. I'm so glad. I really think you're going to love all of them. The soundtrack of our party is Little Drummer Boy from For King and Country. It's from their album at Drummer Boy Christmas. It's really good. You guys are really, really good. So be sure to check that out. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment and share about one of our incredible partners, Mercy Project. It's undeniable that human trafficking is a serious problem around the world, but not all trafficking is the same. In Ghana, Africa, for example, thousands of children are trapped in labor trafficking in the fishing trade for 12 hours a day, y'all. As a result of their dire financial situations, these families have sold their children to fishermen in hopes that that child or children could live another day. Sadly, many of the fishermen were once trafficked as children themselves. Our partner, Mercy Projects, has taken a creative approach to addressing the issue of child trafficking, and they're seeing incredible success. Here's the remarkable work they're doing. They form village partnerships with the fishermen to literally teach a better way to fish that makes them more money and replaces the need for child labor. This allows the children to be voluntarily released and reunited with their families. Over the last decade, more than 200 children have gone home to live with their families. This is a small but mighty nonprofit that is creating generational transformation in Ghana, but that's where they need our help. There are currently 50 formerly trafficked children needing a sponsor. For $45 a month, you can empower a formerly trafficked child to receive education and experience freedom. And this month, Mercy Project will randomly select a new child sponsor to travel to Ghana with their team in 2022, all expenses paid. You get to meet your sponsor child and their family, see the project firsthand, and experience the beauty of Ghana. Let's help all 50 of these kids start 2022 with hope. Hope. Simply text that sounds fun to 74121 to help today. Imagine how much this gift will transform communities for good. Text that sounds fun to 74121 or visit www.mercyproject.net slash that sounds fun. Today on the show, I get to talk with Allison and Barry Bales, the family who run Bales Farms. It's a six-generation family farm in East Tennessee that's operated by Grammy-winning musician Barry Bales, his wife Allison, and their 14-year-old son Marshall. Bales Farms raises grass-finished beef, which we're going to learn about, pasture-raised pork, poultry, and eggs they provide to families, restaurants, and grocery stores. They use regenerative agricultural methods, and they are building healthier soil, growing better grass, and raising happier animals. Allison was blessed to be raised by great cooks, and she loves cooking for others. For the Bales, cooking is about spending time unwinding with the food and the music and sitting together at the table and talking and laughing and detailing the day. Their new cookbook is called Bales Farms Cookbook, and y'all, it is such a beautiful collection of recipes and photographs and stories. I think you're going to love it and love them. So let's graze together at the appetizer table while we hear from our new friends, Allison and Barry Bales. Okay, you guys, we've got to talk about Bales Farms because y'all have been, this farm has been in your family since 1882. 
It has. It's, um, uh, I am the, there's a lot of fits and starts, but I'm the fifth generation and our son Marshall, who's 14 and uh, actively involved in the farm. He's, uh, he's sixth generation. That is unreal. How do y'all trace back? Like, do you still have pictures? Do you have stories? How do you know when the whole thing started? Well, the main way that we did was uh, the state of Tennessee has a uh, program called a Century Farm Program, and it oh. recognizes uh, and documents all farms that have been in the same family actively farming for at least 100 years. So in order to get into that program, you have to trace it back or have somebody trace it back. And we have a neighbor who um, is is really big into that. Like he researches like Revolutionary War land grants and yeah. that kind of thing. So he did it for us and went back through. I, I knew most of it, but uh, to, to see all the documentation and the maps and everything, that was pretty cool. Have you always wanted, I mean, farming isn't your main job, right? I mean, uh, which one? Pre-COVID. Which, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was point. not. No, no. I've been uh, I've been a professional musician for 31 years. I know. I thought y'all lived in Nashville. I wasn't paying attention because I was like, well, I mean, Barry's got a bus out of here all the time. Do you just drive over and bus from here? I do or fly from here and meet up. Yeah, it's 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 not uncommon, at least when things were still rolling to, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd be in Nashville two or three times a month. Will you tell our friends listening who you travel with and what band, all the bands you're, you've been in and with and well, I've been a member of Allison Krauss and Union Station for 31 years yeah. and uh, done a lot of session work in that time. Did uh, the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Where Art Thou soundtrack, played a bunch with Dolly Parton, was listening to your podcast with Mac Powell yesterday. I've yeah. toured with him. Yeah. He's in his, his country band for a while. Oh, yeah. Man, that I like that Southpaw album. Oh, yeah. I do, too. That was, you know, we... Uh, Mac borrowed a Winnebago and a trailer for that tour, and we all loaded up like a bunch of gypsies and played every little dive country bar in the southeast. And yeah. it was, it was, it was really hard. But I don't know that I've ever had as much fun on the road in my life. Really, I believe it. He's fun. We to had a blast. Anyway. Great, great group group of guys. It was awesome. Yeah, Allison. The whole time Barry's out traveling, you're running the farm. Like, have y'all mm-hmm. been living out there this whole time? Yes. So when we got married 23 years ago, I moved here Mm -hmm. and uh, I was a physical therapist at that time. That's what my education is. And so I worked full time and then we had our son, Marshall, Mm -hmm. and I went to part time and then we decided that we would homeschool. And so I started staying on the farm full time and here we are. Where is the farm? You did. Barry did forget. He he did. Uh, he has worked a lot with Chris Stapleton, and he never puts that in. But oh, he's written a lot with Chris, and uh, they actually won an award for um, Nobody to Blame. That what was kind of award, Allison? Tell us. A Grammy? It was an ACM. You oh, won some of the year. ACM. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's And yeah. also, like, raising pigs. And also telling yeah, us right. how to stock Absolutely. our bars. And also, I mean, y'all are doing all the things. I'm so impressed. <laughs> Way too many, probably. <laughs> How far is the farm from Knoxville? Like, are y'all in a town, or is it out in the middle of nowhere in Knoxville, or where are y'all? Well, we're actually an hour from Knoxville. We're okay. we're uh, about halfway between Knoxville and Bristol. Okay. Uh, we're an hour due north of Asheville, 
45 minutes from Dollywood. Oh, if well, you ever want to come up, yeah. Next time I'm coming we'll to, Dollywood, to Dollywood, you know I'm coming over to Bales Farm. Yes. I want to see it. I want to see it in action. We would love to have you. I do love me You're some Dollywood. Anytime. Y'all know how I feel about yep. it. I just love that place. Everybody loves Dollywood. It's the best. I was wondering if it y'all is. were close to Sevierville based on, mm-hmm. honestly, based on some of the recipes, I thought these are like old family Southern recipes mm-hmm. in the country. Yeah, we've, uh, we both come from a long line of uh, old, old-timey old Southern cooks. <laughs> I mean, Allison, tell me, tell me how y'all got to where it was time to write the Bales Farms cookbook. Well... For a couple of years, I've been blogging some recipes, and people would just say, why don't you write a book? Why don't you write a book? And we just never really took the time. And then suddenly, in 2020, we had some time. (laughs) And so I wrote a few recipes here and there, and we would take one step, and then another step, and then another step, and then... Dolly said she liked the book, and I thought, well, I guess that's, I guess that's a sign. Yeah. We're going forward. So that's how it started, and here we are. What made you decide to give your recipes? Because, for example, your white pimento cheese that I hope there's some in the fridge right now. You promise it's always there. It is. I mean, that's like a secret recipe, and your barbecue recipe you are giving away. What made you decide to actually, like, give away these recipes that are so close to your family? I want to encourage everybody. She's a two. Oh, there we go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Barry, we speak the same language, my friend. Oh, what yeah. are you? What's your Enneagram number? Oh, a five. Oh, I love this so much. You're it's a, a two and a five marriage. You know, that's woo. Wow, you're a five. Okay, yeah, we're definitely going to a musician talking. and an only child. Oh, wow. <laughs> Allison, I have a lot of questions about living with that. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about how you live with that. You need a farm. He needs some space. He's got got to get away. So because you're a two, Allison, you were like, if it makes people happy, I'll give them my secret white pimento cheese recipe. Yes, yes. I I do hate that when people say, oh, I can't give you that recipe because it's a secret. But everybody should enjoy great food. And food brings people together. So I want people to fix all the things, and enjoy all the things with all their people. Yeah. What was y'all's Thanksgiving like? Did people come out to y'all, or did y'all go somewhere else, or how's that look? We we have, uh, I'm, my mom and dad are, are gone. Allison's family is all that's left, but we have them down for Thanksgiving every year. And uh, usually I'm out at the, the barn at the Big Green Egg, you know, smoking something for two days in a row, but... Uh, <laughs> This year, Allison said, well, let's do something different. And so uh, she made pasta. Uh-uh. You did pasta for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Pasta and bread and salad and, and lots Italian of desserts. Thanksgiving yeah. after yeah. <laughs> the year your cookbook comes out, yeah. you did <laughs> Italian yeah. Thanksgiving. Right. You're right. like, I've spent the last year and a half getting all these recipes right. Can we just have spaghetti? Yeah. Right. Can we just do right. something different? Okay. Barry, talk to me about the big green egg. Is that your go-to? Because one of the things I want us to talk about today is kitchen gifting things that we can give to people who are cooking. Is that is that the one? Is that the one everybody needs at their house? Well, it is. And and all of my guy friends told me for years, they're like, oh, man, you got to get a big green egg. They're awesome. And I've always had like a gas grill out back just for quick weeknight stuff. And then uh, like a real big-time uh, barrel smoker. 
for when I really wanted to take my time and do stuff. And I, yeah. I always thought, well, I'm sure they're awesome. I just don't know where I'd put one in the in the rotation. But yeah. Allison and Marshall got me one for Father's Day one year, probably three or four years mm -hmm. ago. Haven't used anything since uh -uh. other than that. Yeah. And it's the gift that keeps on giving because there's always some little gadget to get. Oh, really? It. There's so ways that's a to great add to it and update it and all these things, mm -hmm. like yeah, new thermometers yeah. or what kind of things? This is way outside of my knowledge. Everything. Thermometers, utensils, uh, the, the pizza stone. Well, the latest thing that that my friends are trying to get me to to get is, I think it's called a. Uh, some some kind of genie where you you put it on the vent the lower vent and you set the temperature with your app and it it keeps the temperature where it's supposed to go and I I I think I'm drawing the line there that just seems like cheating. <laughs> I'm telling you, my producer behind my computer is nodding like crazy about the genie. Apparently, right. yeah, <laughs> but that's that a, does that take some of the purity out of it for you of like having to keep it at a temperature in your own skill. Well, yeah, and plus, you know, as a five, one of the great things about that is the family's in here, and I go out there by myself. And I knew he was going to say something about being a five and needing alone time. Yep. I was thinking you were going to say, as a five, I've done all the research. I know how to keep this the right temperature. <laughs> I don't need a genie telling me what to do. Right. Yeah, and, right, right, right. I mean, it stays. I mean, that's the thing about the egg is it you said it, it stays. So yeah. it, I haven't seen the light yet on that one. Okay. Okay, but a big green egg. Do y'all have? So my guess is because it's a farm. There's a lot of. Is there multiple barns? Mm -hmm. uh, there are multiple barns. The where where I do my grilling is we call it the barn. It's it kind of. Uh, I, I needed a shop like to put yeah. my to you know to have my shop and put the four wheeler and all that kind of stuff. And and there again, it morphed into something that's probably equal to or greater than the house we live in. <laughs> It's the party barn, you know. There's an outside patio with a fireplace and all that kind of yeah. thing. So, and the big green egg spot. is over there. Yeah, oh, I love it, um, Allison. One of the as I read the book, this is the most controversial thing I experienced. Unsalted butter is what you say. Oh, yes, always. Yes, always, sister. I love that salted butter, though. I know it is really good. It tastes really good, and uh -huh. I enjoy it when we are out. But yes. <laughs> for cooking. And baking, I use unsalted because you can always add salt at the end. But, you know, if you're making chocolate chip cookies or something and you don't want any salt in them, if you're using salted butter, the salt's already there, obviously. Yes. But. Okay, tell me, some. what are some other big tips that you're living by as you're thinking about baking for the holidays? And, I mean, you're, you're changing my life saying unsalted butter, but you said Martha Stewart taught you, so I believe you. Yep. Back in the early 90s, she taught me that. <laughs> in one of her cookbooks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that I tell people is when you are getting ready to do meat, take it out of the refrigerator and let it come up to close at least to room temperature. Okay. So that it all cooks evenly. Okay. And when you're doing chicken, if you're doing a whole chicken, which I always encourage people to do a whole chicken, and there's lots of instructions in the book on how to do that. But yes. put those legs to the back of the oven because that's the hottest part of the oven and it's the darkest meat. Oh, there you so go. So it can take the heat better. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be surprised to hear me say that I like, when I do a whole chicken, I grab it from Costco. And it's already, <laughs> yeah. the rotisserie has done the rotisserie yeah. work. Right. But yeah. you tell us how to cook it in the book. And even right. the spatchcock way where you bust yes. it open and lay it down and yes. all the things. Yes. Is that, I mean... How often are you doing a whole chicken versus chicken breast? Are you always doing a whole chicken? We never do chicken breast. We never do parts and pieces anymore. 
Y'all are so much Because it's the same time. It takes the same amount of time to do a whole chicken. And then you have everything left over, and then you can make soup with the broth, with the bones. You can do so many things with a whole chicken. Is it y'all's chickens? Do y'all raise your own chickens (laughs) to eat? We do, yep. We do about anywhere from 500 to 1,000 a year. (gasps) 500 to 1,000 chickens a year? Yeah. How in the world do you keep up with that many chickens? And the the eggs, because your son's got an egg company on the side, right? Yeah, that's a whole nother set of chickens. Oh, um, wait. You're telling me 500 to 1,000 that people eat, and then there's yes, a just, separate set of chicken eggs? Yeah. At one time uh, last spring, we we were doing we had 500 meat birds here, uh, and all, all this is out on pasture. You know, it's not in a big indoor chicken house like, like what you're used to seeing driving yeah. down the road. So we had 500 meat birds, and Marshall had 400 laying hens that he was taking care of separately. Oh, my. Why is there no minor league baseball team called the Meatbirds? That feels like <laughs> that feels like a perfect name for a team. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yes. like like in uh, like maybe Salisbury, Maryland, where they have all those chicken houses, or that's somewhere. Right. That's right. Where's Where's Tyson? Batesville. Yeah, Arkansas. yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that sounds like a sports team. I mean, yeah. is that? How, do you have employees that are helping you run all this? Oh, we wish. Just the three of us. The three of you are taking care of a thousand chickens. We're not even talking because you also have pigs, right? Yep. Yep. Cows? We, uh, horses? No horses. No horses. I, we had horses growing up, and I love horses, and I miss having horses, but horses are just a cash outlay. Mm, right. And they, all they do is try to find a way to get hurt. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we don't. Um, we raised... You know, it's it's a little bit of uh, because of the time involved and because of the the processing situation for a small farm like us. We did we usually do about fifteen or twenty head of cattle a year and ten to twenty pigs and then the chickens that we were talking about. Wow, I mean, when you are so, are you doing? Listen, I've never been a farmer, as you can tell from my questions. <laughs> Um, but are you doing, what I've seen on TV is y'all have to get up at like five o'clock in the morning and go feed everybody. Is that your everyday? No, we, I, I am, um, my musician side has, has rolled over into my farming. So I try not to. <laughs> You're a night to, farmer. <laughs> I try to get it to where I don't have to get up too early. Um, we do, uh, our, our cattle are grass fed, grass finished. So they're on pasture all the time and, and just eat grass. So. Mm. I'll, I'll usually go out and move them to a new paddock about five o'clock every day, five p.m. Yeah, and uh, we've gotten the when we when we have the meat birds, um, which is about an eight week period. Then yeah, that is that is very labor intensive, and we have to go out and feed and water and move them first thing in the morning and then again in the evening. But when it's just pigs and cows and and uh, egg layers, it's it's not terribly, you know, the only thing is you got to be here every day. It's not yeah. super labor intensive and you don't have to do it early, but it's every you day. Can't, you can't be gone for two or three weeks. Allison, what do you know about God that I don't know from being a farmer? For us, for our business, number one, I know that doesn't really answer the question, but he's yeah. always showing up and he'll walk ahead of us. And then he's so kind to come back to us and walk along with us. Yeah. Even though he's already prepared the way, but also 
farming is just a great way to see him as creator and sustainer because we have no, we can't keep these pigs healthy or the chickens healthy. We can't make the chickens lay eggs. And he's so good and kind to sustain their health. And one of our prayers on the farm is that we would always provide nutritious products for people, nutritious and delicious. And he just keeps all of our animals healthy. And it's all him. Like, I can't do that. We can't do that. And so him as sustainer, healer, to bring people here and show them that through food you can have restored and reconciled relationships. Like from the outside of it, it looks like such a small little thing, but really people, like when you're getting your food through your car window, you know, if you're going to the fast food, nothing wrong with that. Tastes really good sometimes. (laughs) But that's a whole different set of feelings than if you prepare a whole chicken or if you are out at the big green egg and you are spending a couple of hours getting everything ready and preparing pizza or preparing steak or whatever. And you treat it differently. And, you know, you sit around your table with the people that you love and you talk and you visit and you dine with them. And that is that brings about healing and reconciliation and slowness and love and joy and peace and all the things that I think that God really wants to show us that sometimes we miss because we're so busy. You know, does that make sense? Oh my gosh, yes. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Indeed. So our teams have been growing this year and every single bit of hiring we've been doing has been with the help of Indeed. Hand to heaven, every team member we have that came through Indeed fits like a glove. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Thanks to Indeed's virtual interviews, you can message, schedule, and interview top talent seamlessly all in one place with Indeed. No need to install anything extra. Indeed's virtual interviews work right from your browser. Interview virtually with no downloads or plugins or purchases. It's so cool. You can do it all in one place, you guys. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I'm Natalie Grant. And I'm Charlotte Gamble. We wrote a book called Dare to Be, God is Able, Are You Willing? And we would love you to get a hold of it. But this Christmas, we're excited for... Okay, I'm excited because Christmas music is my favorite, and my favorite Christmas song is Oh Holy Night. I just love that song. It doesn't matter. Every time I hear it or every time I sing it, I cry. It's my favorite. I think my favorite traditional one would be Hark the Herald, but I also love Mary Did You Know. Oh, don't sing it, go. (laughs) 
and every Christmas we play your album and my kids always go, play it, Bernie. Santa Claus is coming to town. Come on. Yes. I'm Charles Robinson with theredroad.org, and my favorite Christmas song is Mary Did You Know. And now back to our conversation with Allison and Barry. I mean, I would imagine the speed of life that y'all have chosen when it comes to farming, not even just on a day-to-day, but seasonally. I mean, has to has to tell you a whole lot about God that I don't know because my life isn't very mm-hmm. seasonal like that. Yeah, totally. Um, with you know, with the the you know, we raise meat chickens in the spring and the summer, and uh, we try to have all of our uh, cattle processed by about this time of year. And you know, part of that is to um, one I, by November or December I'm ready for a little break, but you know, also it's it's to to let the land rest, to let us rest, let it, let it be restored and, and come back, you know, bigger and better in the spring when, when seasonally, you know, that's when, when life begins again. And so I think that's a large part of it is, Mm -hmm. is, is embracing that seasonality and, you know, not trying to just go full speed and, and, and act like there's no calendar or no seasons and, and, just try to to uh, embrace the way things are set up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot of other jobs that are, I, 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 my job isn't this way, that literally has seasons that the right thing to do for weeks is to let the, let the ground rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. Amazing. When will you, so when will you get cattle back in? When does that happen? Does it all kick up in the spring? Yeah, we, uh, you know, and a lot of people do what they call cow-calf operations, which is they have mama cows and they have babies and it's just a cycle. And that's totally fine. That's, that's, we might get into that one day. Right now we're just doing uh, what's called a stalker operation. So I have a, a farmer friend down the road that, that raises calves. So we buy wean calves from him and, and raise them through the year. We, we'll try to have them here on the ground April 1st. Oh, wow. And then they'll stay with you until November-ish. Yeah, November, December, something like that, yeah. So those of us who don't live close to you, can we buy your chickens? Can we buy meat? I mean, how do y'all, what do you do with your 500 meat birds? Well, we, we so far, sell them all locally. Um, locally, regionally, we, we deliver to uh, Knoxville, Kingsport, Johnson City. We're working on... We we basically got it there. We just haven't really pulled the trigger on uh, being able to ship. So yeah. um, we used to come to Nashville, you know, with all my friends down there. We used to try to make a delivery to Nashville once a quarter. But then when all the shelves got empty back last spring, we couldn't keep up. And so it didn't make any sense. But maybe yeah. we'll... Uh, Maybe we'll start that again before long. Yeah, come on. You just let me know. I'll take yeah. some I'll take some meat birds, some Bales yeah. Farm meat birds. I'm interested in that. <laughs> One of the quotes from your book I would love for y'all to talk about for all of us. I mean, you kind of mentioned it, Allison, talking about uh, fast food, which is, uh, again, fine sometimes if that is what mm-hmm. your life needs. But you said in the book, it matters where your food comes from. In yeah. 2021, 2022, it's very hard to know where all your food comes from. Why mm-hmm. Why does that matter to y'all, and why should we prioritize that a little bit in our lives? Cheap food is cheap for a reason, right? And food 
raised well. I mean, it's just like, you know, this fast fashion, yes, which you've talked about before yes. on the podcast. It's the same thing. It's, you know, are you honoring, we really feel like we are called to either be vegetarians or to honor the animals that we are blessed to raise. Mm. And it's a big deal to us to allow these animals to live the life that God wants them to live and to be healthy. And that means that it's slower. And that means that it's going to cost a little bit more than it does at Walmart. Mm -hmm. But it's, we believe it's worth it. Well, there's... You 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 pay f- you pay for your food either on the front end or the back end. Yeah. You know if you're if you're eating nothing but but junk and uh, you know processed food, it may be cheap up front. Like a you know a five dollar value me- meal is cheap on the front side, but if you if you have a steady diet of that, you know on the, on the back end somewhere down the road you're going to pay f- pay for that with your doctor bills right. and your hospital visits and pharmaceuticals. And pharmaceuticals. And, right. So, it, you know, it's, it's, and I get it, you know, I mean, I, it, it, it the, the, the kind of meat that we raise and, and the way it's done when you pay for it up front, it's, you know, it's expensive and I know times are hard and, and it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not, I don't know that it's an either or, situation you know like if you stop go through the drive-thru and get your family a value meal on the way home it doesn't make you a bad person at all i mean our one of his favorite things to do is kill the grandparents and eat taco bell <laughs> but you know you you it's it's uh everything in moderation as they say yeah. i guess and, yeah. and so yeah we're we're super passionate about letting our animals live the lives they're they're meant to live and express their uh Joel Salatin says uh the the pigness of a pig needs to be you know needs to come out they need to be able to do that they need to be able to root around they need to be able to wallow in the mud and you know in a lot of these big large factory farming operations they're just it's it's that it's a factory they're just raising widgets yeah when you said earlier, pasture raised or grass raised and grass finished, mm-hmm. what does grass finished mean? Well, there's different there's different ways, different production methods. Like for us, grass fed, grass finished is our cows eat grass one hundred percent of the time. Uh, other production methods are grass fed, grain finished, which is a more uh, recent standard way of doing things like the the last few weeks or maybe a month or so before you take your cattle to the processor you'll put them in the in the barn or the corral or whatever and feed them a lot of corn which beefs corn them up. causes you know corn produces uh, fat and marbling in uh, uh, in, in a much quicker time period right or you know some commercial beef feed or that kind of thing and then there's the uh you know like most of the uh, unless it specifically has grass fed on the label most meat that you get like you know your hamburger that came from mcdonald's or the cheaper uh cuts at the grocery store are raised in a feedlot you know and if anybody's ever traveled out through the midwest 
you know, you've passed feedlots and, and, you know, smelled them, uh, 20 miles before you got there yes. and, and they're just fed a, a highly, um, a very specific diet of grains and, and various things. And, and, you know, there's, they're never, they don't ever even see grass, let alone yeah. walk around on it or get to eat it. So that's, that seems to me like it's kind of a no brainer for us in that, well, cows have a rumen and that's made for digesting grass. You know, they don't have a gizzard yeah. to grind up corn like a chicken does. So for us, we, 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 uh, that's our preferred way of, of raising them is, is just let them graze and eat grass, yeah. which seems pretty simple. I mean, it feels like one big story y'all are telling through the cookbook and through the farm is that there's something really good about slow. Yes. There is. And I think, uh, you know, I think God has, has definitely showed me and, and a lot of people that through, you know, not saying that he brought on COVID, but he's definitely, uh, you know, using it in a lot of our lives to show us and teach us things. And, you know, this farm thing was, it was my goal to sort of start building it up a little more as kind of an eventual exit strategy from touring. Yeah. And little did I know that it didn't come on a lot sooner than I had expected. But, yeah. you know, I was, we were talking about this the other day, honestly, it's really hard work. And, uh, you know, a lot of my friends are in this same situation, music business or whatever industry they're in. People are working harder than they've ever worked for less money than they've ever yes. made. Yes. But, you know, I'm, it's hard and it can be frustrating and, and various things, but boy, I'm, I'm really content yeah. at this stage in my life with, with the pace and, and, uh, I jokingly say I'm, I'm okay with not going any further than the mailbox lately. <laughs> and that probably takes a minute, doesn't it? <laughs> a little, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. To get down there. Uh, I heard a pastor recently say that it's that since 2020, it's felt like twice the effort with half the outcome. Yeah, and, totally. And that's and, what our music people have felt too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, I had, you know, we had a, a tour with Allison that was canceled uh, for the spring. And uh, so, yeah, it's, and, and then the farming business has all sorts of other problems right now. You know, trying to get into a processor is insane. We've been talking to some local processors that are booked up solid through 2024. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Supply chain issues for everybody in every yeah. walk of life, right? It is absolutely fascinating how that. <laughs> I mean, it, I think you're right, Barry. There's just something. While we can be frustrated about certain parts of this, I mean, y'all are probably going to experience this with the cookbook. We've experienced with our books that there's a supply chain issue of getting it all printed, mm-hmm. and you just go, "Okay, God, you're slowing the whole planet down for some reason. We can't yeah, get right. what we want when we want it. We can't go where we want to go when we yeah. want to go there, and every everything is just the." speedometer has just gone down a couple of notches, no matter what we do. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. It's, um, I, I think that, uh, as I said, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that he brought this about, but he's definitely going to use it for, right. for good stuff. That's right. So this leads me, Barry, to the next important thing we should talk about stocking our bars at home. 
Yeah. While we're talking about lives slowing down and everybody's well, struggling. <laughs> that might have been an unnecessary part of the uh, of the book. I think during I COVID, do not a lot of people so. figured I think, that out. No, I think that's a very great part of the book. Not a lot of people teach us whether, you know, for our friends listening who are drinkers or who, who have alcohol in their lives, some of us don't. But what's a couple of things that when you're like, this is an essential if you're going to have a good, like, at-home bar kind of situation? What what kind of stuff do we need? Well, you know, you don't have to have a lot of stuff and you don't have to have super expensive stuff. I I am, I, I really like bourbon. And uh, so, you know, if you've got a good, you know, middle of the road bourbon, uh, a vodka, maybe gin and, and, you know, a bottle of red and a bottle of white wine, then uh, you can cover about any entertaining that you're going to do. You yeah. Know, that, that everybody that, that wants anything is probably going to be covered in that uh, with those. You're living in a... We try to always have a couple of really knockout, non-alcoholic choices when we have people over because you're right, not everybody has alcohol in their lives and either side of it is perfectly fine. Totally. And so we just want to offer all the options. So that's why there were some other options in the cookbook. Oh, I loved it. And y'all put my... All time favorite drink in here, a Boulevardier. That's oh wow, that that's is my that's my go to. Ooh, I mean that is my very favorite. So I loved seeing that. Now y'all live in an area that can be known for moonshine, but there's no moonshine yes. conversation in this book. Well, it's uh, y'all making gambling. that out behind the bar. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's. We might we might know some people. Uh huh. You might be able to get to it if you needed to get to it. Yeah, there's there's. Uh, there's not as much supply and demand problem on that. Yeah. As there is, uh, <laughs> not things. quite having the, the chain problem that the rest right. of the world's having. Yeah, it's a it's a shorter chain. <laughs> That's right. Oh, well, I just thought it was really fun. I think there's a lot of our friends who, whether they're in, moving into a new house or a new phase in their life or they're throwing parties, no one's really teaching us how to have a classy, small bar cart. Everybody's like, mm-hmm. have 15 bourbons or don't have anything. And it's like, well, what's like... Right. A normal family thing to have around right. if you're if you have alcohol right. in your life. Well, and I commented on that to Allison the other night. I was looking at a at a, a recipe for some different cocktails, and I was like, "Who has this stuff on hand? It's all these craft." And I love craft cocktails and love going to places that make them. But it was like avocado bitters or right. something. Right. I was like, "Where would you even get that?" Right. Like, what? You're not going to get to drink that tonight because you've got to order that from no. somewhere. Yeah, right, it's got to yeah, show so, up. Yeah, simple and simple and classic is good. Let's across the board. Yes, that's exactly right. Let's talk controversy one more time about barbecue. Okay. Because listen, y'all are tomato based people, Allison. I'm mm-hmm. surprised to hear that. I would have thought y'all would lean toward vinegar since you're close to the Carolinas. No. No. Now, what do you like? What's my third option besides tomato and, in there one more? Tomato, vinegar, mustard. and mustard. So I'm probably yeah. a tomato or mustard person more than a vin- yeah. vinegar person. Yeah. Now, yeah. when you were on the road with Mac, he's oh. a, Mac Powell is a big barbecue oh, guy. Well, he's a big food guy. Yeah. Yes. His, his, and and he, he doesn't, uh, he's not picky. Yeah, that's my that's my truth. Is when it comes Max, to barbecue, I'm not super picky. I just I love well, it. just anything. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Max Max three favorite words are McRib is back. <laughs> I 
No, so, that has to ruin your life, Barry, that he wants to eat a McRib from McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and still, you know, look like he does and be as skinny as he is. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's got oh. a hollow leg or something. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Pendulum. We are all doing our best to be as healthy as we can, and we all know that nutrition, as we are talking about, plays a huge role in your life and in your gut health, which is called your microbiome. We're learning more and more about how gut health impacts your mental and physical well-being. The science is clear that a healthy gut microbiome, you know, with good bacteria that helps our bodies process food is key to a healthy lifestyle. But now we're learning about the connection between your gut health and type 2 diabetes. Pendulum Glucose Control is the first and only medical probiotic that's designed to help manage your A1C and blood glucose levels through the health of your microbiome. Pendulum's team of scientists, doctors, and innovators isolated the unique strains of beneficial gut bacteria that help people with type 2 diabetes manage their blood sugar levels. Isn't that incredible? They've like isolated one keystone strain that is now available to purchase. Pendulum is the only place to find this highly sought after strain. It's formulated and bottled in the U.S. with the highest safety and quality standards. And Pendulum is non-GMO project verified. Take control of your glucose levels today. Try Pendulum Glucose Control for 90 days. If you're not satisfied with your levels, you'll get your money back. So visit PendulumLife.com to find out more and use the promo code that sounds fun for 20% off your first bottle of membership. That's P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M-L-I-F-E.com. Promo code that sounds fun. Hey everybody, this is Lauren Akins, author of Live in Love. And my favorite Christmas song, if I have to choose one, I think would be the Christmas song because every time I hear it, the flood of memories that I have with that song and the nostalgia that I feel around that song and its music, no matter who's singing it, um, it brings me the most comfort and the most wonderful Christmas memories from my entire life, childhood, all the way through marriage. So I would have to choose that one, I think. Hey, my name is Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of Song of the Stars, A Christmas Story. And my favorite Christmas song is Christmas Bells by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And I love it because it, can I, well, I'm just gonna, I, I'm gonna quote it. I mean, you probably know it, but it's so filled with hope. I heard the bells on Christmas day, their old familiar carols play and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for fate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And I love it because he, was, he had lost his wife. It was the civil war. His son was deathly ill and he was at his son's bedside and it was the church bells ringing that he penned this. And it's at the start of the hymn, he was in despair. And then it turns that God isn't dead and he doesn't sleep. I just love that. And now back to finish up our conversation with the Bales. But yeah, we're we're um, even though we're right on the border with North Carolina, yeah, it's it's uh, different. Allison talks about it in the book. There's a, a famous old timey barbecue place just up yes. the road called 
Ridgewood. Is it still open? Can we go there when I come visit? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We'll wait in line in the snow and all the things they made y'all do. I'm right, interested. Right, right. Yeah. 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 You just got to plan accordingly. Yeah. I mean, and they just but, close but yeah, the doors the, when they're sold out. Right. Yeah. Just in your face. <laughs> yeah. It's they're not Chick Fil A. Yeah. When it comes to customer service. <laughs> That's right. So when you started making your own barbecue, is that kind of was that the the model for you as you built your own recipe? Was the Ridgewood one? Well, that Ridgewood is my favorite, and I think Allison kind of, uh, being the two she is, kind of wanted to to make that for me. So yeah, she's she. I think she used that as a model, and has has definitely done well with it. And you've got it. I think he has surpassed Ridgewood. I was about to say he she put in print his- that you're better than Ridgewood. It's it's yeah, it's, I dis- it's I disagree, down. but I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Allison, tell us when you're thinking about Christmas gifts for people that if they're working on their kitchen or if someone, you know, we do a cousin name draw and mm-hmm. someone gets the person who wants something for their kitchen. What are the things that, that you, the tools you love that we for sure need in our kitchens? For my family, uh-huh. what I would say, because now I will be upfront okay. about this. We have a $30 gift limit in my oh, family great. per person. So, you know, um, so I'm going to look on that end of the spectrum yes. and I'm going to get, you know, everybody needs a really good whisk. Okay. Everybody, and maybe two, like a large and a small one. Everybody needs, I know people who I can't believe this, but they don't have cast iron skillets in their lives. And large cast iron skillets are not that expensive. Mm-hmm. And you can do a whole lot with the cast iron. And so I would go towards that end. Now, if you have an unlimited budget, the uh, KitchenAid stand mixer is really- I was going to really, say, you're gifting KitchenAids. <laughs> really great. That's the that's, one. That's my favorite go-to. Um, we do a lot of juicing. So- I read uh, that. You don't have a, you don't have an Instant Pot. Nope. You don't have a pr- mm-hmm. uh, uh, you have a crock pot. There was another thing you did. You said I was I was surprised you didn't have an instant pot. Yeah, we don't have an instant pot. We don't have um, air, air fryer. fryer. That was it. Yeah, yeah. I don't have those either, um, Allison. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't have those either. I use my oven and I use my cast iron. Yeah, and and a deep fryer. I do. <gasps> Man. Michael Poland said one time I heard him in an interview and he said you can eat all the junk food you want, but you have to prepare it. <laughs> right. And so. <laughs> I took that to heart, and if you figure really out how to make like your French fries, fries, you can eat those yes. French fries. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. yes, yes. Especially if you are taking the time to fry them once and then letting them cool and frying them again, like you deserve it. Oh, is that the trick? A double fry? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's in the book. It's um, so I fry the first time at three hundred degrees okay. for about four to five minutes, and then I turn the temperature up to about four hundred, and I drop them again. And wow. yeah, that makes some really great fries. Oh man, I'm, I'm glad that's in the book. That's very exciting. Yep. I missed the fry section, but I did not miss the dessert section. Don't worry. Yes. I saw all those. I saw yes. all the desserts. <laughs> um, and people can get your cookbook at your website, right? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Bellsfarmstn.com. Yep. Okay. We will put that link in the show notes. Um, it's a great book. I'm, I mean, Thanks. I'm just, as soon as it got to the office, we just sat around the, we have a table we call the double wide because it's two tables put together. We Ooh. sat around the double wide and just talked through the whole cookbook. Oh, so, that's awesome. Thanks. We, y'all did gonna, an amazing I'm going to brag on, on Allison a little bit. We just found out this week it's on the uh, year-end 
Garden and Gun favorite cookbooks of the year. Allison, that is a huge deal. Yeah. Oh, it's my so exciting. gosh. That is so exciting. Garden yes. and Gun doesn't play. I mean, if it's Southern, they're going to yes. tell you. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was that was a really great surprise. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. amazing. What did you do when you found out, Allison? Well, we were loading in beef <laughs> in the walk-in freezer. Yeah. And so we a friend sent it to us, and we thought she was kidding. And then, yeah, so wow. it, it was exciting. It was really it was really a fun surprise. Yeah, I think yeah. we ju- we did jump up and down a time or two. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I would have too. I wish they knew I existed. I love gardening. <laughs> so that is amazing. I mean, to me, when I'm thinking about our friends listening who are will be getting this cookbook, I mean, this is great for those of us who grew up down here that like know these recipes or know these meals but don't know how to make it. But also for people around the country who just would like a really good cookbook. That and and it's not hard. You didn't put anything in here that no. again with the with the avocado bitters. I mean, there's nothing in here right. that you can't get at your local grocery store from a local right. farmer. Yeah, right. and that's I think she did real well on that. In that, yeah, you don't have to you don't have to get on, uh, you know, some some specific website and order some real specific thing. You know, it's all it's all stuff that you're going to have or can easily get at your local grocery store or your local farm. And, uh, it's, 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 it's easy and it's not, it's not all these strange techniques and you don't have to be a trained chef. So it's, 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 it's comfort food, but it's, it's still, you know, it's not just a whole bunch of casseroles thrown together. It's yeah. it's good, elegant stuff, but it's easy. It does have that poppy seed chicken though. Cause yep. how dare we not? Yeah. Yes. Everybody needs to know about that poppy seed chicken. Yes. Okay, I got two more questions for you. We're asking all of our guests what their favorite Christmas song is, since this is the 12 days of Christmas. So what is y'all's favorite Christmas song? Do you want to go first? Go ahead. Oh. So this is not, I, I should probably, you know, pick something that talks about Jesus a lot and all that. But Minus honestly. Minus the Christmas Bear by Alabama, so. Yeah. Don't I, worry. Listen, when you said that, I was like, yeah, I, I know that. Thank I know you. that. I mean, they. Played it all the time here in East Tennessee. But um, Hard Candy Christmas by Dolly. The the original one. Yes, yes. The original Dolly. There's been a lot of people who have recorded it, but she is the queen for a reason. Yes, that's right. What about you, Barry? Well, I'm one of those guys. I know a lot of people that are what I call Christmas people that, you know, they're ready to put their tree up on Labor Day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I'm not that way at all. But once I turn the corner and get into the spirit and see that it's, what I would think is Christmas season, I go f- full on. I love Nat King Cole. I love, you know, Glenn Campbell Christmas record, Merle Haggard Christmas record, everybody, Leon Redbone. But I thought long and hard about this. And I just just for the way it makes me feel and sort of sets up that, okay, it's Christmas time. I have to say Robert Earl Keane, Christmas from the family. Wow. <laughs> That is a surprise. <laughs> okay. That's a great answer. No one has said that all year. We've asked every guest this entire year, and I don't think anybody said either of y'all's answers. Well, well that is a fun, that's a fun uh, one. Uh, yeah. It's, the yeah. original again. I said yeah, so. Robert Earl's version, yeah. I said yeah. Enneagram 5 dream right there that you're the only <laughs> one who's ever told us that. So well done. You brought yeah. something that was unique and no one else yeah. had thought of it. Well, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? I think that's pretty... Dolly, do we need to say that everybody who gets a book, she she wrote the forward and you get her signature. 
in the book. So that's worth it. Uh, yes, that's worth it. That Yeah. The idea that y'all really know her blesses me, that I am this, well, this close. She is she is unbelievable. Um, I have uh, recorded on on her albums and done a lot of TV stuff with her in the past. But but honestly, when we sent this to her, uh, I put a cover letter in in it. You know, basically introducing myself, saying, "Hey, I don't know if you remember." Blah blah blah. And she's the busiest woman on the face of the earth. Yeah. And she's Dolly. I mean, that kind of has its own definition with it. Yeah. And. She wrote us back. Uh, she sent the forward, but she also wrote a cover letter to it in in response and said, you know, couldn't have been any more gracious. Said, take yeah. this and use it however you want. Cut it up, edit it, Aww. do whatever you want. And and the the what she says in the forward, I didn't remind her of any of that. She remembered wow. it, you know, everything. So she's just uh, she's unbelievable. Yeah, I I say she's just. I've always said that she is an angel in our time, but she's such a, she's such an example to me of Jesus mm. that she just wakes up and lives every day to be a blessing to someone else who can't do anything for her. I can never, how can I pay her back yeah. for saying such nice things about her book? Yeah. But that's, that's Dolly. She's just so kind and generous yeah. and good. Yeah. I know. I know. I can't. So great. We will all hang out at some point, maybe in heaven, but if not before that, we will. Right. (laughs) Okay. The last question you always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to y'all. Me? Yeah. Well, I'm a two. So those pictures in the book that our friend and photographer, Tina Wilson, took, that's, that's it for me. A big table with all the people that we love around it and having real, authentic, deep, meaningful conversation, just fellowship with the people that I love and do life with, that to me is having people here doing that. Yeah. I should have gone first. Uh (laughs) Mine's not going to be near that. Oh, I can't wait, though, Barry. I can't wait. That's the kind of yeah. This is the kind of thing where where I would say, oh, and I guess your favorite book's the Bible too. <laughs> um, I am I, I I'm an avid hunter. I like to hunt. Um, uh, I've got a lot of bucket list things, and and one of the things that always has sounded fun to me is to start uh, duck hunting in Canada in September and just follow the migration as it goes through the season down to Louisiana. What? <laughs> in your face <laughs> how long would that take a long time uh it would take uh basically september through january oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay barry i support it i totally well, I, mean, get I didn't it. say i was no. gonna do it yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right i mean you could at some point maybe weekends you could fly out yeah. on weekends and catch up you with would the miss birds. all of the ut football season though that, that's, that's true and, see but, you've got it going on in the in past Georgia. that hasn't been a problem right right yeah. now it's getting where it yeah. might be something it that looks you like y'all are gonna to. listen I, I you know i was in college in the early 2000s in 98 i remember what tennessee can be like when tennessee's good it's scary yeah i, I hope we're on our way back i don't that's kind of the only way we've got to go it feels <laughs> feels like you are yeah. um well, listen you all are on a great run. I know. George Let's hope, my gracious. That SEC great championship, years. though. Golly. Yeah. 
I, I, I got big hope for us at the end of this year and next year, but I don't know. I have to temper my excitement especially yeah. after Alabama gave us the what for last weekend. Well, yes, that was oof. Alabama. That's just what they do, unfortunately. I know. I saw a Twitter uh, account that said, Nick Saban waited three months to tell us that nothing's changed. <laughs> 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 I was like, that is the truth. Uh, well, y'all, thank you for making time for this today and for being on the show. I appreciate it so much. I can't wait for our friends to get the Bales Farm cookbook. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here, and uh, thanks a lot for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely loved it. Really loved it. Oh, you guys, don't you love them? My gosh, I think the world of them. I'm like dying to get to that farm. But between now and then, I can cook out of the Bales Farms cookbook. You guys have got to get a copy. It is so beautiful. You can get it from their website. So go there. You can see the link in the show notes and make sure you follow Bales Farms. Tell them thanks so much for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. You can't get away from me right now, you guys. 12 shows in a row. I'm Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today. Friends, go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same today. What sounds fun to me? You know what? I want to play around a Tinsy. Do y'all know that game, Tinsy? That sounds so fun to me. I'm going to call one of my friends today, see if she wants to play Tinsy over FaceTime. She lives in Colorado. So um, y'all have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for day seven of the 12 days of Christmas with a really fun conversation with every person who works here with us. Y'all are always telling me you love hearing from the team and want to get to know them better. And tomorrow is your chance. So we'll see you back here tomorrow with all the people who have to work with me. (laughs) We'll see y'all tomorrow. Hi, I'm Jonathan Pecluda, author of Outdated. And my favorite Christmas song is Oh Holy Night. Hey, I'm Christy Wright, author of Take Back Your Time, The Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance. My favorite Christmas song is Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. My name is Mariah. My EP is called Live at the Quarry. And my favorite Christmas song is Feliz Navidad. And I think that's the case because when I was seven years old, I did a choreographed dance with my cousins to this song and performed it for all of my family. And I am embarrassed to say that I made up all the words. I didn't know the words. I still don't really know how, like the words. I I know that people see me and they're like, oh, you speak Spanish, habla español. I'm like, "Mm, no, not really. So to this day, I will just mumble the song, but I love it.